Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another empowering Forward Momentum live stream, all about personal and business growth from a biblical perspective. Tonight, I've got Gina Mangiello, and she is a coach who helps people niche down in their specific area of expertise. She says, I understand what it's like to start a business and not get the results intended. Your ideal clients are waiting for you, but you can only find them when your marketing materials speak directly to them. Over the last nine years in business, I've seen it all, I've fallen for it all, and survived it all, and I'm here to help you create the kind of messaging that will attract clients from a place of honesty, authenticity, and value. So with that, I want to say, hey, Gina, welcome to the show. Hello, Ken. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, I hope I didn't butcher your last name too bad. Uh, you know, I, I it didn't even register. You probably said it right. You probably said it right because I didn't even notice it. Mangello, it's it's said easier than it than it looks. <laughs> hey, I I have a, like a four letter last name and nobody knows how to say it, so it it's all good. <laughs> I say you do the best you can and and, and roll so with. Say it. your last name, Ken. It's Esh. I get Esh, 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 Cash. Dash, I get all of it. So the the easiest ones are harder to say, I think. Yeah, I like that. Ish. Yeah. So Gina, why don't you tell us a little about you? Kind of give it a little introduction for somebody who's never met you or come across you on social hmm, media before. Sure. You know, it's been a really interesting life. It's been a meandering life. And as far as business goes, I remember I remember wanting to have my own business when I was a kid. In fact. My first job was at a pet store at 11, 11 to 13. I worked at fish and shops and I started my own business. Now it wasn't legal, but I had business cards and and I was boarding small pets. So when people would go away on vacation, they would drop their guinea pigs and their hamsters and their rabbits off with me and I would take care of them. And they'd pick them up when they returned and pay me. They actually paid me. This was a <laughs> this was a real business in the sense that wow, I got money. I just didn't pay taxes on it at eleven. And you know, it was, <laughs> that's it, fantastic. It, it wasn't a great source of income, but I knew pretty quickly that I was in over my head and I didn't want to continue with it. So I stopped, kept working at the pet stop, the pet shop, but but didn't 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 board any more small pets. But really, even even. <laughs> Probably before that or a little after, I always, hey, I think I'm going to knock on people's doors and ask them if they want me to shovel their driveway. Or I always had that feeling in mind that mm. I just wanted to be helping people in exchange for money. That was that was always something that was very real. Right? Yeah. And nobody hired me to shovel their driveway. I didn't get any takers on that. What do you think it was that gave you the uh, the entrepreneurial drive, the the desire to to help people in exchange for money? Like what, what's the nexus of that? Is there, did you have that in your family background or what's the, is there something that you can look back to? Well, the, the, the thing, the word that comes to mind overwhelmingly is freedom. I really saw business as freedom. It was very creative. So you could be very creative. You could do your own thing. You could make your own hours, manage your time, decide what you wanted to do. And then others would pay you for that. And I thought that that was such a neat exchange and it was it was full of creativity and full of freedom, and I think that's what attracted me. Mm. What what turned me off, all right? What turned me off was realizing how hard it was to get business with the shoveling. 
Now, again, with with the pep boarding, it was it was easier, but it turned out I didn't I didn't really want to do that for the long run. <laughs> I didn't really want I didn't really want a house full of guinea pigs. All right, but I did I, I did I did get a taste of what that was like. And then uh, with the shoveling, I was like, wow, it's hard to get people to say yes. Yeah. And I would say that might be the first time that looking back, I could say I really didn't have a, a niche. I really wasn't narrow enough. It was like, I'll shovel your driveway, weed your garden, pick up things around the house. It was too broad. I didn't, I didn't go, spe- I didn't specialize yet. <laughs> I didn't know that at that age. That's pretty amazing for a young kid. You said, what, 11 to 13? Like, you don't see that kind of drive or that desire to, to go do something like that. And a lot yeah. of kids, that, that just amazes me. And I love when I see that in people. I, I like hearing the story behind it. I think you were about to, to go into, into something else. Uh, go ahead there. I, I cut you off. So it was, it was, that was my first taste of business. And, and then I worked many, many, many jobs from that, <laughs> from that point on until I was in my thirties. And when I, and I always, I always knew I wanted, I wanted to do a business, but I didn't really know what. And I, and I was, I was doing other things. I was working in other fields, many different fields and doing and, and trying on different hats. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to start a business in 2019. Well, you know, truth be told, I started another business before that and canceled it quick again. This was this was I was going to cook for people in their homes. I registered with the state, I got it up and running and then I said, "No, I don't want to do this." So I got cold feet and backed out. <laughs> And so I continued working and then I officially started business, meaning like I've been in business since in, in 2013. And that's when I was doing a lot of different things, working with clients, but I was doing different forms of body work. I was a massage therapist and I was doing things like myofascial release and helping people release stress and anxiety and bind, b- the body mind connection. But even with that, I, I didn't yet understand the power of a niche. I didn't yet understand the power of getting really specific with who I help and what I help them with. And so even over those years of of that business, it didn't it wasn't as specialized, as refined and as successful as I know it could have been now looking back if I had gotten really specific. Yeah, so what uh kind of what was what drove you to understand or what helped you understand that you had to get specific? Where, mm-hmm. where did that come out of? Was that doing like some business research? Cause I know as, as a business owner myself, always, I'm always looking to move to that next level and learn the next thing. And it seems like the more you learn, the more you realize how much more there is actually to learn. But what was it for you that helped you realize that you needed to niche down. Mm. It was it was a lot of a lot of it took a long time for me to really get it but but what what led to me getting it was over the course of the years I would take marketing classes. So when I say I tried it all, I've seen it all, I've done it all. I took all the marketing classes, I talked to all the people that I thought could help me. I I ordered all the books, I followed all the programs, I did all of those things. But the interesting thing, again, now looking back, right, it's always great to be able to look back when you're in it. You can't always see what, 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 the, what the problem is. But looking back, you really can. All of those things that I did, 
could have potentially, potentially, not greatly, but potentially been really helpful for someone who was really clear on who they wanted to serve and what they wanted to specialize in. So it was a lot of information on what to do once you know that. And they would all have you kind of run through that in the initial stages, like, okay, you know, your ideal client worksheets, figure this out, do this. Do, they would, they would, that would be like the step one of their approach. And then they would very quickly move on to the next and the next and the next and the next. But there was no one to really help you with that initial mm -hmm. stage. And if you didn't really get that initial stage down, all the rest of it is useless. Yeah. Because if you don't have a really clear idea about who you're serving and why you're serving them and, and, and that whole piece there, that whole messaging piece, then everything that comes after it really is like speaking to no one because you're just putting messages out to no one. <laughs> Everyone is no one. Yeah. I got to ask, do, the, do those ever work or do those worksheets ever really work for anybody? <laughs> yeah. The, I know, right? It's it's like the dreaded worksheets. You get into another <laughs> program and it's like, okay, another worksheet on your ideal client avatar. And you're like, no, yeah. I've done this 20 times. <laughs> I you just know? did this. <laughs> right. here's, here's why I think they don't work. They don't work because there's so much to move through on a personal level, I believe, to get to that level of clarity about who that ideal client is, you can't get there from a worksheet. You can't, there's things to move through. And that's what I love actually helping clients with is moving through that internal process of what is in the way of helping you get really, really clear on who this ideal client is, on who you want to serve why you want to serve them, the details about them, getting into their mind. So all of those worksheets, they keep you on a very surface level and they don't break the barrier of the personal stuff that's standing in the way of you getting clarity there. So was it like that point back in, I think you said 2013, kind of that um, around that era, was that when you decided to be a coach to help other people fine tune their niche because like you said, you were kind of all over the place doing the massage therapy and this and the that. Is that when you doing all that studying, is that when you went into coaching yourself mm -hmm. to help others with that area? Well, I would say I really coached myself through years of that years of struggling and being unsure. It was, it was like, I couldn't really figure out what the problem was when I was in it. But I, I knew that I was going to figure it out because I have that I have that determination and that discipline and that interest. I love the idea of cracking codes, you know, like I'm, I'm going to crack this code. I'm going to figure out what it is that I can do to be successful, because something that I always remind myself and I like to remind others, too. I like to look around and say, wow, look at what this person achieved. And they're just like me. They're a human being mm -hmm. and look what they've achieved. There's no reason I can't achieve that too. And so it's like, how do I crack that code so that I can achieve that too? And what happened was through that period, it was a long period of trial and error and thinking and reflecting and observing and looking and trying different things and working on different things. 
and 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 I'm a worker. I'm I meaning I I go deep into these these things to really, like I said, try to crack the code. And of course, I I I give all of the credit to God. I mean, really, it's all it's all His. And it was just I got to a certain point in 2019. It was in 2019 that, uh, and you know, the, the business had been going all those years. It just wasn't what I would call successful to me, meaning I didn't feel like I was really clear, like clear on what I do and who I serve and why I do it. And, and, and so it wasn't to the point of success that I would call it a success. And then in 2019, I, I, I really had a change of, of everything, a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of uh, seeing a change of hearing, everything just changed. It was like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Done. Close, close the door. You're moving on." And it, I had no idea exactly what I was moving on to, but I knew that I was moving on, and I knew that I was going to be letting go of everything I had done prior, and the way would be revealed. And I never thought I would be a coach. I never even really, to be perfectly honest. I never had a great respect for coaching. I didn't know what it was. I really, I had no idea what coaching was. It's not like I, I knew a coach or I understood what the, the, the basis of coaching was. I never, it was never appealing to me. I was never like, oh, I want to be a coach. I just knew lots of people wanted to be a coach and would go to (laughs) life coaching school and then wouldn't do anything with it. That's all I really knew about it. Right. And so I, I, I did not have a plan to be a coach, but what happened was I remained very, very open that year for God to reveal what was next on the agenda for me. I wrapped up all the things prior. I, I had to unweave myself and unwind myself from a lot of things and just say, that's it. That part of my life is done. I feel like God is moving me in a new direction. And I stayed open and I prayed and I reflected. And I can't even tell you how coaching just popped up, Ken, on, on the radar. I've, I, I really can't. Like I don't remember the moment. I don't know how it happened. But all of a sudden, I knew I have to go to coach training. I have, I have to go to coach training, and and that's what I did. <laughs> and uh, and I I I knew that that was the beginning of the chapter. And not to mention, Ken, I had no plans to be helping other coaches get clear with their messaging and their marketing. None, none. I mean, I had been seeing clients for years, helping them with all kinds of things, whether it was uh, whether it was sadness or it was uh, wanting to achieve certain goals or it was frustration or anger or depression or grief or you name it. I had been working with clients because a lot and physical body body issues, right? When you when you do body work, a lot of people have body issues that they can't get resolved any other way. And so they come to you because they think that myofascial release is a way for them to work in a way that they haven't been able to make through, get through in the past. So anyway, I had been working with clients, but I knew I wanted to work with them in a distinctly different way. So I started coach training and I met lots of coaches and I became friends with lots of coaches and I talked with lots of coaches and lots of coaches asked me lots of questions and I started helping lots of coaches and I, you know, and so it, it, it very, very naturally and organically led to me doing what I'm doing now. I had no intention to do this, but at one point I started get going really deep into what is my niche? What is it? Mm. 
And I, I went through all that stuff that I'd gone through in all the years past, but deeper, 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 and with a lot of prayer. And what came out of it was the things that I'm really, that I really excel at, like communication, looking for deeper, deeper messages, how words and the way things are phrased mm-hmm. impact people, right? What turns people off and what turns people on. And it's not just the words we use, right? There's so much underneath the words. There's, it could be about a picture that we have next to our words. It could be the fact that we have no picture next to our words. So all of these things were very, 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 very natural for me. And I just started helping other coaches with them. And communication is a huge area of interest in my life. And I started helping coaches with communication and their messaging and how to get clear on their niches once I, once I realized mine. And, and it just all very naturally, <laughs> organically came to be. And to me, that that's always a sign of the hands of God. It's like when I try to make things work, it goes a certain way. And, and, and when I just stand back and let him lead me, it requires a lot of patience. And there's a, there's a different kind of hardness to that. But it leads somewhere way better. Yes, it, it does. It's, it's interesting how things can happen a lot easier naturally other than when you try to force it. I want to go back to you. You said you don't know specifically how and when you discovered coaching. And that always interests me because I, I know, I don't know what date it was, but I know specifically where I was at when I discovered that life coaching was a thing. Huh? Tell me about it. Yeah. I yeah, it's 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 an interesting story to me. So my wife and I have have for years worked with youth through our church programs, church ministry and things like that and really gotten involved with, you know, their their lives outside of just bringing them to church on Sunday or Tuesday nights or, or whatever. And these these kids moving through high school, you know, they grew up you talk to them about future, about career and all of that. And they're like, I have no idea what I want to do, which is natural. I mean, they're, they're kids. They don't have life experience. But the the issue that I saw was that these kids were like, well, I'm going to go to college and figure it out there. And if you look at statistics for college graduates, I think it's something like 70%, it might even be higher of college graduates don't work in the field of their degree. Mm. And I think that starts because they, they go there to try to figure out what their career is. So I've, I've been in construction my whole life. I think every job I've ever had or every business I've ever had has related to construction in one form or another. So I was having a slow week. I think this was back in 2017, maybe 2018. And I was having a slow week at work and I was at home like Googling literally what kind of jobs can I do from home? <laughs> and I was looking at a bunch of stuff and this thing popped up. It's like life coaching. And I think I saw that several times and I'm like, what is this? Like, that's got to be the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> so I started researching what it actually is <laughs> and it, it struck me how I could tie that into the work that I do with these, with these youth mm coaching them around their career direction. So it's kind of been a, an ongoing progression building a coaching business ever since then. I wouldn't call it any, any means successful yet, but it, it is a, it is a thing that I'm 
striving for and working towards. So it's, 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 when you say you didn't know where or couldn't remember where you came across it or, or what struck you with it, it um, reminded me of that story. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of funny, you know, ever since I, ever since I went down that road, seems like half the coaches that I meet are coach coaches <laughs> rather than mm. coaching somebody on business mm. or something else. A lot of them are coaches for coaches. So with that in mind, mm. like what sets you apart from all the other people that are trying that are out there to help coaches create a coaching business? What, what makes your process different? Yeah. I love that question. Thank you for that. First, I want to acknowledge your beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think that's so that's so great that uh, you. you stumbled across it. And it was kind of the same thing, like life coaching. Like, you know, it, it wasn't an instant attract. There's something <laughs> about it, right? It didn't instantly attract me right. either. But wow, how powerful and how beautiful it is once you really get into it. I'm sure you I'm sure you agree, because why else would you be doing it if if that wasn't the case? Exactly. But it is so powerful and it's so beautiful and it's so full of potential. I, I mean, it's it's a remarkable thing, but yeah, you don't really know much about it until you until you know about it. So thank you for sharing that story, and and I I like what you said too about. I was just thinking about this a day or two ago, and I will get to your question. I will remember that. But a day or two ago, I was just thinking that when I was about fifteen, someone I remember somebody asking me, "Where do you want to be in five years?" And I was like where do I want to be in five years? I don't even know where I want to be in five minutes. Like it, it, I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even wrap my mind around how to answer them. I had no thought of the next minute of my life. Forget about five years. Mm. And I think that's something yeah. that as adults, we really forget what it's like to be in the mind of a, of a kid at 15. And sometimes we want or expect so much from them and yet their brains just don't work work that way. They can be taught. Like right? Right. they can be taught, but there's a lot of education that has to happen before you can get to the point where you can just say to somebody flat out, "Hey, where do you want to be in 5 years?" <laughs> I don't even always know exactly where I want to be in 5 years. <laughs> yes, that, that's right. But probably you know more now than you did when you were 15, I'm I'm guessing. For sure. So, for sure. So, <laughs> Yeah. And so, Ken, I also like how you mentioned the whole college thing. A lot of times when you go to college, you're just there trying to figure out who am I in this world? What's my place? Where am I going? What am I doing? When I went to college, I went to college because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. It was like I could go to college or I could do something else that I want to do, but I don't know what else I want to do. So I'm going to go to college. Mm-hmm. And and isn't, isn't that how it is for a lot of people? Yeah. Okay. So what sets me apart? I find it also interesting that you say about 50% of the coaches that you meet are coaching coaches. A lot. A lot of them are. Yes. Wow. That's a big number. (laughs) It is. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so I would say what sets me apart is, is this, and, and I ask, I ask clients this all the time because I like to hear from them, from their mind, what sets me apart. And what I, what I hear from them and what I also agree with myself is that I help coaches in a drastically different way than other business coaches would help them with their business by using personal to fuel the business. So 
So for example, if a coach wants to sign on to do intensive work with me, meaning like not just one session, but work consistently with me, one of the questions that I ask is, are you comfortable bringing personal issues into this? Because your personal life and your business life are not separate. If they say, no, I'm not comfortable with that, then that's not my ideal client. I, I don't want to work with them. Why? Because I know how far you can get when you bring those personal issues in and use them to fuel your business. It's kind of like I was saying before when I said you're you're doing all those client avatar sheets and you you don't yet have this clarity within yourself to be able to put something like that on paper. There's all these personal things and blocks in the way of you getting to that clarity. If you had that clarity, you'd be able to just fill out the sheet. Mm. So it's the same thing. It's like there's actual personal blocks that are standing in the way of you seeing your business success clearly. And if we can't address those, it's not going to happen in the business. Right. And so the way that I help clients, the way that I help coaches is to bring in those personal things as part of the business. And then once they loosen up and get get unwedged, then the business starts to move as well. Can you clarify a little clarify a little there? Like what do you mean by by bringing in the the personal things into the business? Are you talking about like letting your personality show through or clarify that just a little bit? Sure. All right. Let's say that you have uh, a health issue going on. You have something going on health-wise. And yet you're you're running a business and you're wanting to move the business forward. There's 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 things in that health issue that cause you whatever it causes you. Maybe it causes you time, maybe it causes you money, maybe it causes you frustration, maybe it causes you pain, maybe it causes you challenges in your relationships, maybe it causes you all kinds of things. And so we have to bring that into the sessions and we have to move through that because you can't keep that locked up and expect your business to, to succeed. Right. It's like we have to unlock that and unpack that and get that flowing and moving. And once that is flowing and moving, then your business flows and moves. It's like it, it, they're not they're not they're not separate. They're not they're not not connected. <laughs> they are connected. But you do have, but you do have, you do have coaches uh, that that will say, no, no, I want to, I want to focus on my business. I want to focus on marketing. I want to focus on this. I don't want personal issues to come in. Now that's an exception. I, most coaches I find will will opt to to allow for the personal in, but there are some that do really think it's separate, and and I think they're holding themselves back in their business in a big way. Yeah. Because these personal it's how I see a business, what I see a business as Ken is I see a business as almost like a uh as almost like a like a a lever for the the personal stuff. Or the personal stuff as a lever for the business. It can go both ways. Like one turns the other. Gotcha. Right? That makes sense. So the business turns the personal and the personal turns the business. Yeah. And, and if, if you are leaving one of those out of your business conversations, then you're missing a whole huge portion of how to fuel your business. 
Mm-hmm. So do you find that true in like service-based businesses or storefronts or things like that? Do you find that true in those types of business as well as somebody who actually serves people in the coaching aspect? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I don't work, I, I don't work with, with, for example, retail shop owners. I would, I would absolutely 100% say it's the same thing. It's the same thing. If they move past personal things, they'll see success in their shops, in their stores, because it affects your mindset. Your personal life affects your mindset. And your mindset is key for business. In fact, it's it's one of the most important factors in a business. Mm-hmm. Your mindset can make or break whether you move forward with something or you don't move forward with something. Whether you say yes to getting on a podcast or you say no, I can't do a podcast. I don't I don't I can't get on video. All right? So there's all kinds of things that wind up hurting your business when you have these personal things that get in the way. Like for example, uh, recently I was I was working with someone who a pattern has come up, a pattern of of seeming perfection. Right. And that that seeming perfection is affecting their business. But that's a personal thing. That thing was with them before their business started. It's a personal issue. Right. So in order to really see some movement in the business to where the perfectionism isn't affecting the business, we have to get we have to dive a little bit into the personal matter of the perfectionist thinking mindset, you know, all all of that. And then. It doesn't have to be addressed in the business world because it's already been addressed in the personal world and the business just gets the consequence of that or the result of that or the reward of that. Oh, that makes sense. I I like that. So that would be, I guess that's kind of how you would help a coach or a business owner use their personal issues or challenges or use the, the momentum that they've gained from overcoming those things or working through them to, to actually fuel their business even farther. Yeah. Because the, the truth is that it's there the, for like using the example of the perfectionism, the perfectionism isn't in the business because of a business thing or because it, it's, it's in the business because it's a them thing. Right. When, when it's no longer a them thing, when perfectionism is no more driving them or their mind or their decisions or their process, and they become someone who's able to be messy go for failure all of that it the whole business opens up the whole the whole now in their business they're they're doing things they're putting themselves out there more they're putting themselves in positions where they're more failure might be might be possible i i say i like to say unintentional failure is your greatest gain hmm. right because and, and making that distinction because it's not just like, hey, go out and fail. Just go out and fail and you'll gain, you know, because then you might deliberately go out and fail. It's like, no, don't try to fail. Unintentional failure. Go out and do your best. And then when you fail, that is the greatest gain. You learn so much. You get so much from that. There's so much good in unintentional failure. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts. I, I've, that, heard, that's it. I've heard that quite a bit. Like I, if you, if you let failure crush you, then, then 
absolutely it's not a win, but if you use your failure as stepping stones or building blocks to reach the next level, that that's where the key is at. So I, I really like that fail unintentionally. Mm. So <laughs> that's really good. Yes. Do, do you think, or, or how can business ownership draw us closer or deepen our relationship with God? Mm. Yeah. I love this because it's, it has us thinking about business in a different way. If, if we, if we really, if, if my business is an opportunity for me to get closer to God, what that means is that I'm not being driven by the worldly standards of what business is. So what if, what if, what if my business is supposed to only be mediocre for a time? It doesn't mean it always will be, but right. What if, what if right now I'm not, you know, in, in, in the worldly sense of business success means, Hey, I'm making a million dollars and I can go anywhere in the world and work. Right. That's, the, that's like the new success. I can work from anywhere in the world. I don't, I'm not tied to an area, right? You, right. you see that all the time. Right. So in a worldly sense, business <laughs> success is based on things like that. Millions of dollars. I can travel anytime I want. I, I can, I, I love what I do. All of these things. But what if, what if business is an opportunity for God to show us things that he might not be able to show us if we didn't have a business? For example, uh, sometimes things come up, I'm, I'm sure as a coach, you, you've, had, you've had things come up with clients that you, they, they push your edges, Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe it triggers you, you know, if, if that's a word that you're, you're comfortable with, you know, meaning like uh, maybe it, maybe it brings up emotion in you, or maybe you feel frustrated, or maybe you're working with someone and you're just like, you know what? I don't think this person is my ideal client. It's like the stories in the mind. The mind has so many stories. My, my, my mind does this all the time. Oh, maybe this person isn't my ideal client. Oh, maybe I, maybe I, maybe this. And, and honestly, like the next day, it's like, oh, I was just, I was just having, I was just having a little bit of emotion about that. It was bringing something up and look at where my mind went. It went into all these stories about what it was and what it wasn't, what it could be. So, so a, a lot, a lot of times when we're working with clients, we get to those places where it's pushing our edge. And that's good. That's where we grow, right? So it's when our edges are pushed, that's when we have an opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that business gives God an opportunity to show us things that we might not be able to see otherwise in that. Here's, here's one really great way. If you have, if you have a, Let's say you're employed and you're getting paid. You're on the book somewhere and you have an employer and you're getting paid and you're not in your own business. You don't really have to, it's not really a test of your confidence and your, your willing, your, your ability to override the, the self-defeating thoughts. When you have a business, you have to override those self-defeating thoughts or else you fold. So God, in a sense, can't, can't really show us what to do with that if 
if we don't have a business because we don't have to push through those self-defeating thoughts, we just know, hey, as long as I show up on time and do what they want me to do, I'm going to get paid and they're probably not going to fire me. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you have your own business, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can really, can I, I'm, I'm the one who's backing this whole thing. (laughs) Like, really? Like, I'm the one who's backing this whole business? There's there's no one behind me. There's no one supporting me. There's no co-business partner. It's not like I have, a, it's not like I have a, it's just me. That's what it feels like. And it's really easy to go into self-defeat and say, oh no, I can't do this. As soon as anything happens. Yeah. 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 It's easy to go into, into that mode when something comes up is just to, to retreat and be like, okay, I need to find a different route. But often, like you said, that is a sign that there's something here that needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. Along with that, I, I have come across people who on Sundays, they are the most spiritual person out there seemingly, mm-hmm. but they separate or seem to separate business life from their walk with God. Is that possible? No. I mean, is it, is it possible? Meaning can it happen in in life? Yeah. It happens all the time, but is it, (laughs) is it, is it, is it really good? You know, is it, is it no, like we, we should not be separating our business from God. Our God is, it's really interesting how many, how many little stories there are in the Bible that you could, you could relate to business. You could say, Hey, that that's, that's like a business story. It's telling me about business. It's telling me how to, how to handle things, how to handle people and how to handle money and how -hmm. how to handle struggle and how to, right. So there's a lot of business advice right there in the Bible. And I think that when you separate business from God or business from spiritual, it's, it's a separation that's, that's going to lead you to a lonely place. Yeah. Because even if you do get business success by doing that, it's not real success. It's kind of like, I always say like, Hey, yeah, you can follow these, these big, big, big mega coaches who say, Hey, I have the formula for you. I make $10 million a year. I'm going to give you my formula and then you can do it too. And what I say is, yeah, you can go that route and you can follow those people. And maybe even you could make money doing it, you know, but is it real success? Like when you have that million dollars in the bank, but you don't have an authentic coaching practice. It's been built by on formula and not on like who you are and what you want and what you love. And, and it's just, it's like just literally copying a formula to get to this place of success right. of supposed success. I think you find yourself really lonely there. So why do that? Why not use this as an opportunity, this business as an opportunity to trust God and to lean on him, which means it's really fun. It's really, really fun. That means that every single thing you do in business, whether you're having a call with a prospective client and they don't seem like the right fit or, or, or they seem like the right fit, fit to you and they don't want to work with you. It's, it's God, you know, it's like, thank you. Thank you. Praise you. I know that this is, this is the way it's supposed to be. 
And it's not about how I feel right now about that. It's not like, oh boy, that really would have helped me pay my bills. It's nothing. It's just, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And I trust that you know what you're doing. I'm going to keep showing up and doing my best. I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm going to keep relying on you and depending on you. And I know that you're showing me the way here and it's not going to look like it, it looks in my head because then I'm just following me instead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's so hard to, when we reach those moments that require a lot of faith, like it's, <laughs> we need the faith, but you, you only get faith when you have the opportunity to utilize it. Or it's, I always say the same thing with patience. Like, it's like, you don't just have patience, you be patient. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's not something that you are given in order to give out. You just have to to do it. It's, it's kind of a weird dichotomy. I love that. But I had to think of a verse in the Bible when you were, when you were talking about, or when you said you can't separate your business life from your spiritual life and talking about coaching from an inauthentic place, Mm -hmm. there's a verse that says a house divided against itself cannot stand. Mm. And it may stand for a little bit. It may see some measure of worldly success, Mm -hmm. But eventually you'll burn out. You'll there. There's there are consequences for trying to separate that. Yes. For one, that's not real faith. That's not real belief. It's not you're not truly following God if you try to separate your business from your walk with God because He wants control. He wants His fingers in every area of your life. That's so right. I, mm-hmm. I love that. Love that you said that. That's that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. What else would you like to share around building business or yeah, being authentic with yourself, with your messaging and finding finding the ideal clients to work with? What else would you share around that area? Mm. Yeah. Uh, speaking to that as well as I, I, I feel pulled back to, I don't know if I really adequately answered one of your questions on about this, why coach other coaches? Mm. And so I'm going to try to tie this all in with your your current question and, and your last one. And what I notice is that coaches have a real genuine interest in helping others. And I, I, I believe through my experience, my training, my understanding, my observation of life and, and my reflection and how things work is that we, we really like as humans, we really like to help other people with what we really need help with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so what I find is that a lot of coaches really want to help other, co- other people. I'm sorry, not other coaches, but they want to help other people with, 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 what they really need help with themselves. Even if to some degree they feel like they've already gotten that help, even if they feel like they've already kind of achieved, it's almost like there's deeper work to be done. And it's, it's in that interest to help other people that we get that work worked out and work. It's like, it gives God another opportunity to go a little bit deeper on that, in that area with us, if we're helping other people in that same, same space. And it will give up, it will press us and trigger us and push us to our edges and so what I notice is that coaches have this really great interest in helping themselves, but they don't always see that. 
They, they, right. they externalize it and project it out and want to help the other. And they don't understand that it's them. It's a part of them that they want to help. And so it feels like this big open space where um, for them to get that reflection back and really understand that and take that deep inside themselves is helpful and beneficial for them. And then that in turn helps them be a better coach to the people that they want to coach. Yeah, that makes and sense. I guess that's also a big reason as to why I help coaches is because I see that happening. I see that that externalization and that projection to other. I want to I want to help them. I want to help them. I want to help them. But I know that the way that they can help them is by helping themselves. And so I help them help themselves so that they can be a better help to those people. And that, that takes time to, that takes time and it takes, uh, it takes a real, it almost takes like a, it's like a, it's like a much, it's like an emotionally mature understanding of, of how the world works about how people work. You know, it's even like, we, we like to think of ourselves as really altruistic and, and, and selfless. And it's a beautiful thing I'm not discounting that at all. Every time that I want to do an act for someone else, a kind act, I think that is a beautiful thing, but it does help me. It helps me to, to, to know that I'm, that I'm helping someone else. Right. If I can help you, Ken, like I feel like a good person, right? And then I, and then I get to go to bed at night feeling like a good person. So helping you helps me. And so helping other people helps me. And, and I just like to keep, keep bringing it back to that, not because there's anything wrong with it, but because it helps coaches be better coaches. And, and so your question was, is there anything else about, about coaches and, and, and this, this getting really clear with messaging? And I think, I think this is a, a big a big piece of the clarity is to come to, I just, I just shared something about this today is to come to this, like, where do you want to be as a coach and then help other people get there. And if you can help other people get to where you want to be, then you'll automatically get there through helping them. Right. Because a lot of times I, I see posts and things on social media. Someone will say like, oh, well, how do you figure out what your niche is? And, and then there, there'll be a whole bunch of people that respond to them. And I look at what they say and what they respond. And a lot of the comments will be the, the, the common ones, meaning like the conventional ones, like, hey, what have you done in your past? What did you help yourself get through that you can now help other people get through? And to me, I think that that's okay if that's the route you want to go. But I think that there's a higher path. I think that there's a more challenging path. I think that there's a more scary path. And, and I think the scary paths are the best ones because there's the most, the most to grow in there, the most to learn. So forget about what you've already gone through and can help other people go through. It's like, what do you want to, where do you want to be? Like, what's your greatest, greatest idea of what your success is, Ken? You know, like, and I don't mean, I don't mean, I mean, sure, you can tie the worldly into it. Like, sure, I would like this much money. I would like to travel. But like, personally, what is that personal success like for you? And then how do you help other people get that? And if you can help them get that, you're automatically there with them. Hmm, I love it. That's 
I, I haven't quite heard it put that way. So I, I really like that. Do you have a program or, or anything that you walk clients through or is it customized to, to each different person you work with? Yeah, what I what I've been doing most recent and I, I find it to be really successful and I'm really excited about continuing with this four month intensive. So it's a four month intensive and we start I, I I really like clients to know at the beginning of that what their niche is. We could spend four months figuring out what their niche is otherwise. All right. But so I, so if, if they don't yet know their niche, then I ask them to do a little bit of upfront work before the four month intensive. The four month intensive is great for you. Once you know your niche, boom, we jump in and we go really, really deep and clear with your messaging, your marketing and your mindset. And I like to think of messaging as every single word sentence, conversation, everything that comes out of your mouth, everything that every position you're in, you know, every, the way your hair looks, you know, the, the way, the way your every messaging is, is, is the, the persona almost marketing. I see marketing as now that you have your really clear messaging, the, the, the marketing is like your offer. Like, what are you, and you, and you might have different offers, right? Like you might be offering people a, a time slot on your podcast. That's an offer. You might be offering people a coaching package. That's an offer. You might be offering people uh, 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 inside, you know, whatever it is, they're all offers. So marketing really just is like your offer that you're putting out to the world, but you got to have the clear messaging in order to do that. And when you have that clear messaging, the marketing becomes easier and then the mindset piece really comes in because every, it's it's like that personal the personal the personal part of you that is dictating so much that's dictating how many hours a week you're putting in on your business that's dictating whether you go take a nap or you do a live on Facebook right that's dictating how you speak to people that's dictating it's like it dictates everything so we bring in that mindset piece we bring in the personal the personal stuff and that's what really cleans up and clears up the messaging and the marketing. So that four month intensive is devoted to that. Yeah. And it's devoted to really making like your signature program, because once you know your messaging and your marketing, you, you, a container, you need a container to give to people. So it's right. like, Ken, whatever you like doing with your clients, right? You have to give them a container to say, yes, I want to step into that container or no, I don't. If you don't give them that container, then they can't possibly be answering you because they don't know what you're inviting them into. Yeah, that's that's a, a beautiful way to put it. Where can someone find you or reach out to you if they're interested in working with you or learning more about you and your program? They, yeah, thank you. They can, they can, I have a website, straightwaycoaching.com. And they can find they can certainly find about my that my four month intensive there. I'm also starting a grow your business mastermind in 2023, which I am super excited about. It's going to be a small wow, cool. group of coaches. Yeah. And that is something else that they can find on my website. I'm also on Instagram, straightway coaching, Facebook business pages is, is straightway coaching success. I'm starting now to grow my LinkedIn page that's that's new that's a new new endeavor straightway coaching there as well 
Yes. Awesome. I will put those links in the show notes and um, that way people can reach out to you and connect with you. And yeah, Gina, thanks so much for joining me tonight. It's, it's been a fun conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Ken. I enjoyed it too. And I wish you great, outstanding, amazing business success. <laughs> Thank you so much. And the same to you. <laughs> Thank you.